Something happening here What it is ain't exactly clear Welcome on back everybody to the Family Potters. I'm Mr. Leesman. And I'm Mr. King. And uh, today we're actually going to skip our ad, or yeah. difficult ad. Cause like our little jokey jokes. Yeah, today's going to be a serious episode. Yeah. Um, we're going to be painfully honest in this episode today. Slavery is unfortunately part of the history of the United States. Yeah, there's uh, no getting around it. Right, and there's no definitely no sugarcoating it. No, I mean, for... For like all intents and purposes, guys, there's literally pieces of slavery written into the Constitution. So like, you know, you can't really argue that it's not part of U.S. history. Yeah, I'm, and we're not advocating for it. We're just yeah, no, we're just we, you know, to, to like there are some people that are like, you can't ignore history. We like we have to like we have to learn from history. You know, especially with a lot of these statues and whatnot. So like that's what we're here for. Is we're here to teach you guys history, the good, yeah, the bad, I, and the ugly. Right, yeah, history is by no means a peaceful uh, book. Oh, you know, no, no, no. There's millions and millions, billions probably, of people yeah. have lost their lives yeah. uh, throughout history, and it's, uh, yeah. you know, we got to talk about it. So, let's, yeah. I guess, let's start off, um, well, I, I guess you wrote the three, you said the, the Three-Fifths Compromise was written into the uh, Article 1, Section 2. Yeah. Uh, eventually, it's repealed by the 13th and 14th Amendment, but we have quite a long way before we get to the 13th and 14th Amendment. Right, and that's what um, we mean that it was literally written into the into the Constitution, because if you want to go back and read Article 1, Section 2, it, it literally like dictates what it means to count the population in terms of the House of Representatives. Yeah, and we, we've gone over that before, so, mm-hmm. you know, obviously just go ahead and no, we're just hopefully, hopefully remember, circling but, back. Right. Um, so let's go ahead and start off by – well, I guess we're, we're, what we should say is um, we're going to kind of rewind a little bit. Yeah. Because slavery has been around even in, in the United States before the United States was even a country. Yeah. So um, we're going to talk about something called the Peculiar Institution, which is a nickname slavery uh, was given. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, so uh, slavery replaced – indentured servitude uh, in the new world yeah man uh and so it did exist in both the north and the south um as people stopped wanting to come over as indentured servants people you know like farmers and whatnot they needed to figure out what uh how to how to work on the labor aspect so like they started bringing in slaves from africa but just to like equal things out it did exist in the north it did exist in the south at some points of time it was equal uh but because of the industrialization that we started talking about last episode uh you know the north started industrialized factories started coming about and the workforce really began to change uh the north became increasingly reliant increasingly reliant on the cotton of the south therefore more slaves were needed to work the plantations and because of this it, slavery became that regional in, uh, regional issue, um, I mean, Great Britain had outlawed slavery in 1833. Many countries in the Western Hemisphere banned it upon independence. So, like, you've got countries like Mexico, you know, Central and South America. As they became free, slowly but surely, they also started um, banning slavery. We were just like one of the last, if not the last, um, you know. I, I believe we are the, uh, the last, last, like, quote-unquote, Western nation to yeah. uh, get rid of slavery. Yeah, and sometimes you're going to read slavery is called the peculiar institution, um, and it's just kind of like that dark mark on our history. Yeah. And, you know, um, so, yeah. But I, I guess the, the 
what well, we got the elephant in the room is uh, the the thing that really blows up slavery in in this nation and that's uh king cot yeah and when we say cot. blows up it means like rapidly growing like right. we're not talking about like destroying we're talking yeah. about like rapidly growing and you're right it is that whole idea of king cotton right um so throughout the 1700s the process of manufacturing cotton was very tricky mm-hmm. uh if you've ever had the chance to actually hold un processed i guess is the word we'll use yeah uh, cotton it's it's actually uh kind of a pain in the butt because there's right. prickly seeds inside of it that can like kind of like stick to your fingers yeah stick to the cotton itself and they, they actually the cotton plant has thorns on it mm-hmm. so it's not easy to clean no um, so because of the sheer amount of labor that was needed to separate the seeds uh, and turn it into usable cotton the price of cotton was very high yeah it wasn't like super i mean it was like widely used but not as widely used as it could have been so like because of because of that high price people were trying to find ways to make it cheaper um and in 18 and i'm sorry in 1794 a man named eli whitney created the cotton gin um or at least he got the patent for it there's a, there is some like discrepancy on over necessarily who made it but long story short i, I believe there had been cotton gins in the past right his was uh his was he made it substantially in the better yeah uh a lot of that has to, it was cheaper to use uh, eli whitney's cotton gin because he also produced stuff called uh, <coughs> interchangeable parts yes. so if something broke in his cotton gin you could just replace that one specific part yes rather than the entire cotton gin and right. eventually just a side note with eli whitney um it, his cotton gin's fairly like significant in history but um the interchangeable parts eventually gets used into everything like think about your phone oh, yeah. your computer your yeah, like, literally everything if something breaks you don't have to replace your entire stove you, like for example your washer machine you said the other day you didn't, you didn't have to go out Ex- and buy was, i was just gonna say no not yet i mean when things start going i'm gonna have to get a new washing machine but i'm actually waiting tomorrow the new knob comes and that's because of the whole idea of the interchangeable part right uh, but I guess let's get back into yeah, and because cotton, right? of the because of the the cotton gin, like you know, some people argue that it was probably originally meant to help like get rid of slavery or at least the slave trade. But like in actuality, like it did the exact opposite, and it slavery took on that whole new life. I mean, yeah, you're if you able look to at graphs of the slave oh, population yeah. after the invention of the cotton gin. Slavery, the population of slaves increases like 10 20 fold yeah because they increase the amount of cotton produced the amount of cotton needed because of the amount that was being produced now people are like oh my god i can start making this with cotton i can make these clothes i can do this this type of textile like the amount of things you can make with cotton now because there was more cotton available because of the high supply people started figuring out like hey cotton's cheap so i can figure out i can do new stuff so then the demand started to grow as a result Um, even after the slave trade is uh like done away with in the mm -hmm. united states the population of slaves continues to grow it's just instead of um getting slaves from other areas of the world they are just now being um like slaves are being forced to reproduce with each other or Mm -hmm. you know people are being born into slavery things like that and that's just taking place in the united states in the caribbean like in this part of the world right um and now because of all of this more clothes and textiles could be created more cotton was readily available the united states became the largest exporter probably in the world of cotton like we were supplying like britain with cotton um, and so what happens is the before the cotton gin, it took about 10 hours to produce like a single pound of cotton, which by the way, is a lot of cotton. Like cotton is like hella lightweight. So to produce a pound of it, that's a lot of cotton. Um, 
but now because of the cotton gin, a single plantation could put out like thousands of pounds a day. Um, for some scale, the year that the cotton gin was invented, the U.S. exported about 138,000 pounds of cotton. Again, a lot of cotton. But now that the cotton gin was invented, like two years later after the cotton gin, the U.S. was putting out like 1.6 million pounds. Think about how light even a fully manufactured cotton shirt is. Not now even a about, pound. Now think about one individual like swath of cotton like i don't i don't know yeah. how you measure cotton but uh, like that's so much cotton yeah think about that's like crazy. a cotton ball like right. yeah it, well, i should have just probably said that but yeah well, I mean, that's that's nuts how much does a cotton ball weigh a cotton ball weighs two grams huh yeah how how many cotton <laughs> balls is a pound that's the question. That's the hundred dollar question right there. Five hundred cotton balls. Jeez. Yeah. Right. So I guess if that, if that helps give you like an idea of how much cotton that is, that's ridiculous. But um, yeah. So cotton was the king of the South. Uh, at right. first, it was the the major cash uh, crop of the South. Were mm-hmm. things like uh, corn. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, well, I guess corn, but it was it was mainly like tobacco and indigo, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, rice. Um, but cotton truly takes on takes like a whole new life. Like it literally, that's like I mean, think about like your your ter- stereotypical like view of the South during this time. Like you're thinking cotton, yeah, because that's what everyone was making. I mean, um, every major it be- plantation it may have literally- had other things they produced, but it was mostly cotton. Yeah, I mean, it was the literal center of the Southern economy, Southern culture, yep. and Southern pride. Um, so I guess we can take this opportunity to, to yeah, that was like a context into like why slavery was needed. Now, right. like, so let's talk about like what slave life and the slave codes uh, were. So, uh, what was life like for slaves? We shouldn't really have to do that much explanation or give you that much of an explanation or context behind it. But it was literally the worst. You know, by uh, depending on certain factors, it was mm-hmm. worse for some than for others. So uh, most slaves would work from sunup to sundown, six days a week, and slave owners would often give their slaves food that was subpar, that it was uh, worse quality than the owners would give their animals. So right. They, they were treated absolutely terrible. Yeah. I mean... Which is like an understatement. Oh, yeah. We are trying to come up with like the best wordings, and it, whatever we can put into context uh, like uh, in words, it's still ten times worse than what we're actually saying. Yeah. Um. I mean, plantation slaves would actually live in these small shacks that had dirt floors, no furniture. Like, it was basically four walls, and if you were lucky enough to have a roof. Yeah, it was, right. It was you, It was just basically, you were sleeping outside. I, I'm sure in some cases, it was just probably a roof. <laughs> like, yeah. it was, that was it. Like, um, yeah. Right. Like a tent, almost. Right. Some farms, like the small farms that didn't even do that well, that were, like, doing just enough to get by, um, it wasn't... It wasn't uncommon. It was super common, actually, that the slaves would be the last to get fed. So, like, they would just go hungry. Right. Um, For large plantations, there were slaves that worked in the fields and slaves or fields and uh, slaves that worked in the house. Mm -hmm. Uh, So house servants would take care of the cooking, cleaning, etc. And slaves that worked in the fields would work tirelessly to clean land, plant seeds, harvest crops, like all of that very uh, difficult labor. 
Right. And like in some cases, those large plantations had what was called like an overseer. Um, and the overseer were hired to make sure that they would continue, the slaves were continuously working and that they were working efficiently. Uh, Let me tell you. Yeah. They, they were they super were, brutal. Yeah. They, they invoked some very serious um, like actions to get the slaves to continue to work. And oh, yeah. Punishments, uh, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, the punishments were very severe if you were seen as "quote unquote" slacking off. And oh remember, yeah, they're, they're working very long days, almost the entire week, out in the hot sun. I mean, it's uh, it would at the time of the recording, it's July 29th. Mm-hmm. I'm in South Carolina, which was a slave state. Yeah, it is a cooler day today because the sun isn't directly out, and it is already 88 degrees. Yesterday yeah. it was 98 degrees, and it felt like 100. Yeah, like uh, so, like I'm in New York, and it's 88 today, but it feels like 93. Yeah. Yesterday was like 93. It felt like 100. And and these people were out here working all day. Oh yeah, I Uh, mean, like the overseer usually like their first go to like punishment was just beatings. Right. Like that was the that was the nicest thing that they did. Yeah, and obviously we're using that not as a literal, like. No, that was like the that was literally like the 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 lower end of the punishment scale. Yeah, it was the it was the least severe punishment, which right. obviously is not a good punishment. Uh, right. In many cases, the labor was gender based. Very so, much. So uh, female slaves would, uh, or they were tasked with working in the house, um, and men would often work in the fields. So entire families would be separated either on the plantation mm-hmm. or even just sent to other plantations um some women would work in the fields as well uh, it was extremely yeah. common for slaves to be separated from their families like very i mean that's it was kind of like part of like the like the dehumanization aspect that it was just like you like i mean sla- like children born in slavery were like ripped from their mother's arms and sold yeah. to other plantations like immediately yeah um, and so in the 19th century, so we're talking like the 1800s, there were certain legal codes that were created, uh, the slave codes, that were created to govern the behavior of slaves. Um, yeah. Punishment was severe, to say the least. It was super harsh. Whipping was overused for minor offenses. So it, yeah, like the idea yeah. of like slacking off, like, you know, like I, you don't meet certain quotas, like 10 lashes. When I, when I teach about this lesson, obviously we do like a guided reading and we talk about it, but... I, I always warn my students, but like it's it's so important to see like images of what mm-hmm. this like what was going on. There's like a really famous picture of an uh, African American man. Like you don't see his face, but you see his back and all the scars that are on his back from being mm-hmm. so much. And like even though it's it's just a picture, there isn't a video or anything like that. It's it's so powerful yeah. to understand how terrible this like you don't know what he did to deserve that which he, he didn't do anything to deserve that i was gonna say there's yeah. nothing that there is nothing it, that it you could have do it could have literally have been like he may have batted an eye because he was tired and it was seen as disrespect so yeah he was 10 times you know like that's just it's it's completely dehumanizing uncalled for brutal yeah. all of it, you know? and so, so so some of these, um, some of these, like the codes that they that, that were passed, um, slaves couldn't testify in court uh, except for if it was a case against another slave. Um, there was yeah, like, they definitely an, were not able to testify against their owners. Any slave caught what they considered to be stealing, um, 
could be whipped. You couldn't teach slaves to read or write. Um, they couldn't make any kind of contract, including marriage. The marriage between slaves was not allowed. Um, I mean, legally, they couldn't. I mean, plenty of them were did like quote unquote, unquote get married, but like in the eye of the law, they they, they it meant nothing. Um, and you would most certainly get in trouble if you were found to be married. Yeah. Um, owners were required to feed and clothe their slaves properly and take care of their sick and old slaves, but like that was kind of like there was a lot of gray area in there. Yeah, there's basically, like an it was like at the end of that. feed and clothe was like just basically keep them alive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, technically, if you give a person uh, like a thing of mushed up corn, like technically you fed them, but that's yeah. not enough for a full grown man. Mm hmm. You know, especially someone that's been working and burning all of their fat off their body all day and energy. You know, like mm -hmm. a little thing of corn is not like cornmeal is not going to be enough. No. Um, um, so, yeah. So some overseers and plantation owners would brand and mutilate, mutilate slaves. So in extreme cases, death was used as punishment. I don't I feel like I mean, I'm well, also probably even the branding and mutilation of slaves were, were used to uh, like declare ownership of slaves too. Like yeah, they would cut off like parts of their ear or even certain like their ears mm -hmm. in general or, or things like that. Like it is, it's I mean, I, yeah, and the branding it would literally be like the mark of that plantation, yeah. like the seal. Yeah, yeah, I mean things that they would do on like cows and right. other like livestock. Yeah. Um, you know, slave patrols existed, and that they were just free white men that would patrol to make sure slave codes were being enforced. Uh, they would try and get, like, if there was any runaway slaves, they would go and try and capture them, uh, which is something we're going to get into, the Fugitive Slave Act, and uh, what that entailed. We'll get into that either later. Bit, a little bit later, yeah. Yeah. Um, many slaves couldn't learn to read or write. They couldn't leave the owner's property unless they were, like, explicitly were given a pass and they were allowed to. Um, pretty much anything, they couldn't do anything without the express consent of their owner. And even if they were given the consent of their owner, it, I'm sure it was at times have had occurred where like they were given the consent from their owner to do something, and then they the owner may have gotten mad and just punished them anyway for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so have you yeah, ever watched Roots? I was gonna say a good TV movie, uh, a doc, I guess a docu series uh, or whatever. So like a made for TV uh, miniseries, I would say. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's it it very effectively displays slavery what we're talking about yeah right so i i actually had to watch um roots in college mm -hmm. um in in fact i watched it in, it was in say, english class? class english okay. class it was like it was a english lit that, it, it was I like american it lit it was american oh. lit from 1865 to the no Sure. In sixty-five to the present? No, it was, it was like pre-Columbian to like eighteen sixty-five. Yeah, I was gonna say it must have been before. Yeah, yeah, because I couldn't remember Civil. the second Civil. half of the class, but yeah, 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 it was the one up in there. And so the main character in there, Kunta Kinte, um, had his foot chopped off, or part of his foot chopped off, because he tried to escape multiple times. Not an exaggeration. Like these actually literally were able to do whatever they want as long as they see fit. And there, there are a lot of very famous lines and scenes that come out of this movie. So you, mm -hmm. you may not know that you've directly seen a scene from the uh, from like the Root series. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure that you have, especially if you've been through any American history class. Yeah. Because uh, I know I show some uh, scenes from it too. Because it, mm -hmm. it, again, it does an, a very good job at displaying the dehumanization and uh, atrocities that these people faced. Yeah. Um, I mean, slave owners, uh, this is not an exaggeration, slave owners pretty much had the liberty to treat their slaves as they saw fit. Yeah. 
that's not an exaggeration. They just did whatever they wanted. For example, like kind of like we mentioned in uh, the Thomas Jefferson episode, it was common for slave owners to take like certain sexual liberties with female slaves. I mean, it was just flat out rape because, yeah. you know, it was very. They it, weren't. It, it's terrible you, to say it. They were coerced into common. consent. Yeah, it was like like I said. It's it is not. I'm not saying you know like this is. It's terrible to have to say, but it was happened frequently on yeah. these plantations. Yeah. Um, yeah, and but, I, I think we kind of, like, I feel like maybe we, like, questioned whether or not there was consent with the whole, like, Thomas Jefferson thing. Um, and the reason, like, we maybe even questioned that was because there was, like, certain documumentation that, like, kind of hinted yeah, that there might there, have been something going on. But in 99%, yeah, there there was, like, 99.999999%. Like, it was just flat out rape. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and, I mean, yeah, I, I feel guess, like... I guess what we're trying to say is, like... You know, we're giving you some some facts and, and details about it, and like, you know, it like we could say that it's it's terrible and bad and all that stuff is until we're blue in the face, but like, it like it really like we really don't. It, it's an understatement by how mm-hmm. we say it was bad yeah. and stuff like that. Like, it, yeah. So. Um, but and understandably, a, lot of, a yeah. lot of slaves did not take kind to the way that they were treated. Um, so there were uh, sometimes some slave rebellions. Understandably, slaves would try to rise up and overpower their slave traders or masters on their, uh, you know, or their owners. Um, and one of the most famous slave rebellions uh, was led by a slave named Nat Turner. Yeah. Uh, so this is this is a very fam- uh, famous uh, slave rebellion. Uh, obviously, if, if you're a high school student, you definitely need to know about this. But just through history in general, it's uh, you know. The, there had been slave rebellions before this, but this was kind of like, a, like a very important one. Um, so, in August of 1831, Turner led a group of about 75 slaves that murdered approximately 55 white people over two days. Uh, eventually, yeah. there was an armed resistance that overpowered the rebellion. So, I mean, and this is the part that I find crazy is that he evaded capture for like six weeks. Uh, he was eventually captured. I mean, he must night. have been one of the most wanted people in the area at mm-hmm. the time. So it is very impressive that he was able to evade capture for six weeks. Yeah. Um, the and there were a lot of pro-slavery advocates that um, this. Sorry, it convinced pro-slavery advocates that slaves were considered inferior and that they needed discipline to keep them in line. Well, also, like, I don't know if we, I don't know if we mentioned this, but. What a lot of, uh, especially as these slave rebellions start to take hold, mm-hmm. um, the the idea of overworking their slaves or forcing their slaves to perform like certain acts, like um, like like shows or dances and stuff like that, the idea was to keep them tired so that they didn't have the energy to rebel, yeah, or the spirit to rebel, no, I like, can see break, that. like to break their spirit, literally. Yeah. yeah. Um, on the other hand, many slavery advocates. Uh, or not on the other hand, but uh, many slavery advocates strengthened the slave codes to further limit the educational opportunities of slave uh, of, yeah. of slaves. Yeah, um, so, I mean they were already not able to read and write. But learn. now, now it, it probably just stiffened the penalties if they were found learning to read or write. Right. Um, you know, and in most cases, like especially for people that were working in the house, like they were being given an education by like maybe other white servants or even like the wife or children of the people in the house. And even if they were seen learning on accident, like passively, Uh they were punished. Oh yeah. Not necessarily the white person that was giving them the education. No, 
they were probably just slightly scolded, but they would just like uh, go to go and savagely beat them for just passively learning. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. Like there's there's the idea of like putting people in like a in a box essentially and and mm-hmm. putting them in the ground and have them sit there for like hours and hours and hours. Yeah. And that would heat exhaustion. I mean, it's called hot boxing, right? Hot boxing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And even but, though it was a slave, stable slavery, it was stable in the South. I mean, they, they couldn't have gotten by nearly as much without it, unfortunately. Um, but there were there were some free black people in the 1800s. Yeah. Um, some were able and, to purchase their freedoms. Right. Um, some, that was, like, super rare. Um, it was more co- common to be freed by their owner. Um, so let's let's talk about these freedmen and uh, women. So yeah. even though slavery, uh, like you said, it, it, there there were there were some free uh, slaves during this time. Um, so uh, some were freed by, I would say, mostly by escaping. Mm-hmm. Um, if they were able to escape the plantation and go north, where slavery was less common, they would they could be free. Again, so there was some slavery up in the north, and yeah. during the time of the slave trade, a lot of the slave trade occurred in northern cities. Oh yeah, for, famously we, we've talked about this. Yeah, we've talked about this a couple times. So, uh, slavery, Washington like Square the, Park. The, the the north is not like they don't hands, get a pass. Right. They they're not their hands are not clean. No. For this industry, like it. It, they were very much involved. A lot of people living in northern cities became incredibly wealthy off of the slave trade. So even though they may not have owned slaves themselves, they were taking part in the, the this this terrible engine. Right. Um, and for the few people that were free, did they enjoy those same rights as white people? Oh, absolutely not. They were yeah. they were they were definitely. Uh, treated as second class citizens right those those education rules pretty much still applied that you know the lack of education yeah they, they may have been free but like their racism ran rampant oh yeah well let me let me put it this way you know like not, obviously you know like people are being mistreated you have other white groups like irish people being treated poorly by other white people so there are going to be higher racial um conflicts between whites and Mm non-whites so you know this is even you know you could think manhattan today is a very different place or you know northern cities places but it it was not like that no racism was ingrained into culture and there are still racist people in every city around the world so it doesn't matter if you're in the north or south doesn't yeah um Um, but there were actually some uh many freed blacks that were highly skilled uh so let's let's talk about one Specifically, you have Thomas L. Jennings. Uh, he was born to uh, he was born free to a freed family, and he would actually go on to get a patent patent for yeah. a method of dry cleaning clothes. Yeah, another one was, and we're going to talk more about Frederick Douglass later. Yeah, I would but say he was more an, famously. But. Yeah, he was uh, a, a super famous. He was an abolitionist, uh, you know, speaker, um, and a statesman. Uh, and he would actually he would meet with Lincoln, uh, kind of be like kind of like an advisor to Lincoln. Um, and he actually wrote his own memoir to like discuss yeah. like what slavery was about. Yeah, um, but I th- I think like you said, we'll talk about Frederick Douglass a little bit more. His his uh, story is not over. This is just kind of like at at this point, we're gonna segue over to like we just talked about slavery, so we're gonna segue over to uh, something called abolitionism. Yeah, um, and what people were doing. Like basically, today we or this episode focused mainly on what slavery is. 
<clears throat> like what the pro-slavery people did to slaves. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to segue over to what abolitionism is and what people that were anti-slavery did to advocate for its uh, ending. Yeah. So. And you, uh, uh, listen to this next one. Yeah, oh. so we're going to go ahead and, and do another episode. You too.